Welcome to the Wing Life Podcast, where we talk about wing foiling and the lifestyles of those who enjoy this great sport. All right. Hey, Willow, thanks a lot for joining me in the show today. Super stoked to talk to you. Awesome. Thanks, Luke. So, so stoked to be a part of it and anting for this conversation today. Nice. Um, actually, my brother's a kiteboarder here on Vancouver Island, and he's been practicing some strapless. So let's start there. But <laughs> he's been practicing some strapless tricks for a little while. And, and so we're at home in Yuki, and uh, he pulls up this video. And he said, man, you got to check this guy out. He just landed like a triple front roll. <laughs> and I was like, what? So we watch you through this whole process. Man, it's yeah. phenomenal. Can we walk through a little bit of that for for all of us? Yeah, for sure. I mean, strapless freestyle is something that was basically when I was full on in my kiting zone before wing pointing kind of came about. Strapless freestyle was like my main passion, the main thing that I was like working so hard on. And, you know, it, it's such a fun discipline of kite surfing because, you know, one, you're on a surfboard. I've been surfing my entire life. I'm a surfer by heart, you know, so... One being on a surfboard is just epic. And then by not having straps, it just adds this new dimension of difficulty to it that can be so exciting. And especially with that triple front roll, which is, I would say, one of the hardest tricks in kiteboarding. It took me years to be able to do. And there's still only a handful of people that can actually do them. Um, it's, uh, yeah, just a, it was an epic day, an epic achievement to, to land it on the first time ever, which is possibly the video you've seen. And obviously, I've landed it through over the throughout the years um, going forward, and uh, still land them every now and then. Even though I'm not too much into the strapless freestyle with all the wing foiling that's uh, going on these days, but yeah, it's just such a such a crazy trick because if you really watch closely, what you're doing is you're jumping obviously without straps on a surfboard that's a little bit different shape to a traditional surfboard. You got chopped noses. Um, and the chopped tail, so it's really that rectangular kind of square board. And that holds really well into the wind. So when you jump, you really position the board to stick into the wind and use your feet to continue holding it in that position. And by doing that, you can do one front roll. After one front roll, you can do two. And after two, then the third one gets really, really difficult. Um, four hasn't been done yet. It was always my, my goal to be able to do maybe the world's first quadruple um strapless front roll um but then wing foiling came about obviously and uh yeah kind of a sidetracks from the strapless freestyle side of things <laughs> but no i definitely love it and recently i've been getting back into it and yeah it's it it took me years to be able to do the triple i think it took not so long to do the first front roll but to from the first to the second probably took at least two years and from the second front front double front roll to the triple front roll must have taken three or four years, like, yeah, three years or something, like, really going at it. And, yeah, but now I have it muscle memory kind of, but it's a little bit more unlocked, but, yeah, it can it's be dialed. frustrating. <laughs> yeah, man, I was, I, we were so impressed. I, I know you started surfing super young, um, but I'd love to learn a little bit more about how you got into water and wind sports. That would be really cool to find out. Yeah, I mean, so, obviously... Oh, it's a, actually a long story. So basically, I, I grew up in South Africa until I was six years old. I was born in South Africa, and that's uh, where we were raised my, until I was six with my two brothers. Um, then we moved to Taiwan when I was six years old, stayed there for, we were planning to go for one year, ended up staying for four years, adopted my youngest sister from there. And uh, once 
we once I was around 10 years, uh, nine years old, my dad was like, or my family was like, you know, we really want to spend our life at the ocean by the sea because that's what he grew up with. You know, being from Durban, South Africa, it's a lot around sports, about surfing, about being in the ocean. And that's really what he wanted for us. And my grandmother was born in Mauritius and raised in Mauritius most of her life. So we could get our citizenship and move here quite easily as a South African family. So once the whole adoption and everything was done with my sister and all finalized, we ended up moving to Mauritius with our whole family. And as soon as we arrived, I got straight into surfing at the age of 10. And that's literally what I did together with my two brothers every single day. Um, I was the oldest and uh, 10 years old, I'd walk down to the beach with my two brothers, would have our surfboards under the arm or one surfboard back then. And uh, yeah, just spent every day in the ocean. And we grew up all homeschooled technically unschooled most people probably don't know what it is but uh yeah so we never went a single day to school in our lives and we just spent every day at the beach or at least i spent every minute every hour at the beach and uh yeah so from then on i, I surfed for the first four years or so and actually funny enough like i never wanted to get into kite surfing one of my best friends taylor was like really pushing me into getting into karting and I was like no bro stick to the roots stick to surfing my goal and my dream was to become a professional surfer and just travel the world surfing and then he's like no come on dude just try it like Mauritius is one of the best places for it you have to give it a go so eventually I was like okay so at the age of 14 I went down and I started learning with them and I had many different instructors that that uh, taught me um, at Le Mans. I was just like bouncing around through people. And then one guy, Rema, really helped me get into the kite surfing and managed to like get me riding upwind and cruising. And from then on, it was just like nonstop. I was down at the beach. I used to take the bus at 6.30 in the morning when my dad would leave for work. I would get on the bus at 14 every single day, 45 minutes or an hour maybe, get to Le Mans, hitchhike from there where you have to like, there's this turning point to get to the beaches, like five k's from the bus stop, you have to hitchhike. So I'd hitchhike with my board or with my cards and my lunchbox and food, and I'd just go down to oh, the beach sweet. every single day, and I just did that in and out for for years and months and months and months, um, and just knowing that you know uh, this is what I want my life to be, and you know I always dreamt of being a professional surfer, being a professional um, in the ocean, and just living that uh, that dream. And um, pretty much soon after I started card surfing, like around six months or so, I told my dad, no, I need to get sponsored. Like I, I broke my card that I bought for about 100 euros. And uh, that's all I could afford at the time by selling little things that I was creating and making. And I uh, sold that, uh, well, I bought that card for 100 euros. It broke. And then I uh, told my dad, no, I need to find a sponsor. I need to find a sponsor. And then a local shop gave me a card to use. And I really believed that when, from a young age in a uh, theory called the 10,000 hours rule. I'm not sure if you've possibly mm -hmm. heard of it. Yes. Um, but yeah. basically, they say you, it, it takes 10,000 hours to master a certain skill or a certain, um, or to master any, any kind of skill, sport, or whatever it is until you can either earn from it or live from it or basically be a master at it. It's about, calculated it to be about eight hours a day for four years so it's kind of like studying a degree so i'd often work this out with my dad and i was like i need to get my ten thousand hours in you know i went down every single day to the beach and uh eventually you know it paid off and after 
about nine months of karting. That's when I met Cora, who's been my main sponsor since almost 10 years. And uh, yeah, that's kind of uh, where it all began. Oh man, that's awesome. Congratulations on that, by the way, because you really, that's a, you put in a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, that's what it's about, you know. Like, I really yeah. strongly believe in that 10,000 hours rule because I've literally lived it and done it. And I repeat it for everything I do in my life. And, uh, you know, I literally would sit in my bed counting with my dad, like trying to calculate, okay, I would take the bus and I would go down to the beach and I'd watch YouTube tutorials of kite surfing and literally spend every single day. If it wasn't kite surfing, then it was surfing. But all of it combined was helping me to get to my goal, which was to become a professional kite surfer and travel the world. And then at the age of 15, when I got sponsored by CORE, um, my first trip was to Hawaii, and then it just didn't stop. Going to Brazil, Cabo Verde, South Africa, Europe, and it just never ended, you know, and still till today, almost 10 years later, I'm still traveling the world with CORE. Oh, man, that's a, that's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty pretty crazy when I think back at it sometimes because you live, I live so in the moments of just every day things are going on and, you know, you're constantly moving. And now, like sitting back and like actually going back and thinking about it, it's just like it's so crazy to think of. <laughs> so, did the love of kiting kind of just ignite fairly quickly once you got on it? Like, what was that moment that'll say, you know what, let's combine this wind and rather than just surf? Uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting question because for me, what I I got to a point in surfing that I was I was quite okay and quite good, but in Mauritius, there's a bit of like a kind of, you know, I don't know, stigma, let's say, or some kind of, let's say, bad vibes in the water here. Yeah, there's a lot of localism, and it's just not really a cool atmosphere to be a part of, you know, and it's something I'm trying to change on the island and trying to really empower the, the youth and the younger community that, you know, you don't have to have bad vibes in the water. But that's a whole other topic, and I don't really want to get into that kind of stuff. But what I really found with kart surfing is that everyone was so cool and so helpful at the beach and so positive and so amped, especially that we had tourists from all over the planet coming here to Katsurf and then slowly learning that it's one of the best destinations on the planet and literally thousands of people fly here to experience what I have basically in my backyard. And uh, just the community of people down at the beach really just got me hooked and so motivated on surfing because you know everyone helps each other. You need someone to help you launch, help you land watching out for each other, helping you on the water. And I think through that, it really got me excited and really hooked to embrace, yeah, kart surfing to its maximum. Yeah, that makes sense because I, I windsurf and my brother's a kiteboarder and there's, whenever I've gotten in trouble on the water, it's been the kiters that have towed me to shore. Hundred <laughs> percent. We're all at, we're all out there together. We're all having fun together, and it's a it's a different uh, it's a complete community feel, and that's what I love about it as well. We've talked about it a few times on the podcast, but um, so how how I guess meeting that goal of competing on tour, how was that a little bit? We talked about it a little bit, but what was that like? Grabbing your gear, getting all that stuff organized, heading to one event, heading to another event, seeing all these different spots. Yeah, it was definitely interesting. So, like, it's been been an interesting time because for a long time, when I first started at, at 15 traveling with Core, um, most of it was actually for photo shoots and campaigns and all of that for, for the brand and not too much actually for competitions. It's interesting, Core, funnily enough, isn't too into competitions and they were actually 
not say holding me back, but let's say not pushing me to go into events, you know, they, you know, were super chilled if I, if I wanted to do it, if I didn't want to do it, they never pushed me. And the, the founder of Core, um, Bernie Hiss, he actually was always saying, you know, like competitions are where you have the most accidents, where you probably get the most injured because you pushing yourself in maybe not the best conditions or not what you used to. And so all of that was kind of implemented into my thought process of should I compete or shouldn't I compete? And yeah, so the first years was mostly just traveling with core, going to different uh, locations, different events, maybe not competitions, but uh, events maybe for, you know, expos or cut um, demo uh, events and all of those kind of things, but mostly focused on photo shoots. And uh, once I got a little bit older, like around 16, 17, 18, then I started competing a bit more and more selective on the events that I wanted to do, like Germany, Spain, uh, Mauritius, Cabo Verde, and like, you know, specific events that, you know, I was keen on and froth to, to go and give it a go. And I must say, like, always the events went super well and I did quite well, but it was never like, I never had that kind of competitiveness in me, you know, and I really thought to my thoughts, so would speak to myself basically and say, you know, like, unless you're going for like number one to be the best in the world or world, you know, champion, like what's the kind of points of like just following it, you know, to be in the top 10. I mean, some people that's their motivation and it's epic and it's awesome, but I had kind of different things in mind and yeah, kind of more like a free surfer, free rider path, you know, and luckily enough to be a part of a brand that's also believed in that side of things, you know? So Throughout my, let's say, kite surfing, kiteboarding career, it's mostly been as a free surfer, free rider, and I mean, if you can call it like a photo shoot rider, I've been pretty much to every single photo shoot that's happened with Core in the last 10 years. And so it's been very interesting to experience the other side of it and learn more from the industry side than, let's say, the competitive front end, um, yeah, media attention side. So yeah, it's been an interesting journey, I must say. Yeah, I don't doubt. I don't doubt. And when did uh, when did you find wing foiling for the first time? So wing foiling, funny enough, like it was something I was I was hooked on straight away from because I was really into hydrofoiling. Once that whole thing started, um, straight away I was um, working with Unifoil from South Africa. Um, I met Clifford, who's was the founder of Unifoil, and started working with him. As you know, South Africa and Mauritius are very close, so he would send over prototypes and. Um, all the surf foils and you know I just really got hooked on the on the surf foiling thing and then I think it was when I saw uh, this episode is brought to you by Saladita Kite School in La Ventana, Mexico if you caught some of our uh, stories yesterday on Instagram you'll have seen that I just got in a couple epic days of downwinding we got a 10 kilometer downwinder done with my buddy mickey from salt spring island today i got in an epic one with my friend Britt. um we went from latuna all the way to the beach and back um heck of a fun time if you're looking to learn there's nothing better than getting a lesson from the pros at saladita kite school they are positioned at latuna and now that i've been here a little while i've gotten the opportunity to visit to a couple different spots it is one of the more beginner friendly beaches with some nice sand so you're not walking on any rocks. Um, They do offer professional jet ski assisted kite and wing foil lessons. 
Um, so once again, they're at Latuna. So if you want to grab a beer after, grab some ice cream, grab anything, it is a nice little hub there. So you're not just stuck kind of in the middle of nowhere. So they have you covered if you want to learn how to kite, foil, or looking into downwinding. They got top quality gear as well. Uh, so don't hesitate. Book your lessons today by visiting saladitalaventana.com or send them a message on Instagram at Saladita Kite School. At Saladita Kite School. Like a lot of people, when we saw Kaleni get into it and really like do some pretty epic things, you know, the first jumps and showing the speed that you can go on the hydrofoil, surfing waves, and then getting into backflips. Like I think once I saw Kaleni getting into it that's when i was like i need to do this like this is what i have to get into you know because i was already like fully hooked on surf voiding and i was surf voiding almost every day and i was like okay no i need to i need to get into the sport so yeah pretty much from the beginning i would say when you could get the first commercial wings you know i think i had one of the first i had the first wing from ozone um, and uh, as the Ozone team does a lot of testing here, and I got the, one of the first wings that they, they made, and from then on, I was just fully hooked. How was surf foiling the first time you did that? Like, how was that different feeling compared to being connected to the water? Because that's the, the first thing I felt the difference. Like, windsurfing, boom, you're on there, you're connected, and then foiling is just like this magical surf, like little carpet ride. It's so cool. Yeah, I mean, I loved it. Eh? You know, it's, it's such a unique feeling, and it's, a feeling that you don't get anywhere else besides a wing foiling, of course. Um, flying on top of a wave and surfing a wave and not feeling the chop, but still feeling the energy, you know. And you can be riding a one and a half, two foot wave and banking a huge carve or a turn, and it feels like you're going down and carving on a six foot face, you know. And it was, yeah, just such a interesting feeling. Obviously, surfing for such a long period of time, and then now having a new era of surfing and a new kind of uh, let's say discipline of surfing was yeah super cool to to get really involved in that and you know it also opened up new possibilities of doing backflips and doing massive airs and all of that which were way easier than to do on a surfboard for example like a rodeo slip <laughs> it's like almost oh, impossible yeah. unless you're, <laughs> you're pro or something you know fair enough so what kind of moves are you working on in your wing Oh, so on the wing foil, the moment I've just been mostly into the into the wave riding side of things. Mauritius Beautiful, has yeah. some of the best waves in the world, and uh, growing up here, obviously kite surfing and surfing, I've had it right on my doorstep, you know. And so, I've, over the years, I've built up so much knowledge about these waves and where every single channel, coral, where every single rock is on the face, you know, every single section. I know the waves so well. So, getting onto a wing and going out and riding those waves. I know it like the back of my hand, you know, so it's been pretty epic to experience all of a sudden getting onto a wing, getting pretty good quite quickly as I've already surf foiled and kite surf and surf, you know, it's now just like kind of unlocking a new discipline of water sports and just straight away getting into huge waves out here in Mauritius, the same ones that I'd kite, you know, after only a couple months wing foiling, you know, so... It's been, yeah, mostly my focus to get into the wave side of things. And I have done a bit of freestyle, but it's, it's just not my, I haven't really kind of got hooked yet on the, on the freestyle side of things, interestingly enough. I think if I lived on a lake or a place of flat water or maybe in, in Europe or something, I'd definitely be in the freestyle. But as I have like world-class waves almost every single day, especially when you foil, like, anything works and here you got point breaks no matter the size so 
yeah, it's kind of hard to motivate myself to go attempt a couple backflips and get smashed out there, you know? <laughs> no, fair enough. And you don't have to. Like, if, if everybody had those beautiful ways, I think they would do the same thing. No, I'm, I'm sure. And that's why plenty of people come here, you know, for, for the wing foiling. And then funny enough, this is the the busiest I've ever seen it with wing foilers. I was down there the other day and I counted, I think it was like 40 or 45 wing foilers. And Le Mans is not an easy spot because you have it relies a lot on the tides. So if it's too low, obviously you're just hitting the sand all the time. And sometimes there's also some coral in the lagoon, so you might scratch a foil. So a lot of people are a bit like skeptical because they don't want to like scratch their brand new carbon foil that they just got and it kept in like perfect condition. And so it's been quite cool to see so many people actually coming over. And um, so you just got to time it a little bit. But otherwise, uh, yeah, it's been great to see so many people getting into the wing foiling and almost see sometimes more uh, wing foilers on the water than actual cut surfers or wind surfers. Been the same thing out here. I think there's just been a quick explosion of of people who were windsurfing before and didn't want to windsurf anymore. They want to try something new. And then some kite spots were hard to launch from. So they started winging and I don't know, it's such, it's a pretty awesome feeling. So, uh, super stoked to see more people just do something that brings them joy. Right. Because I think that's what we need right now. And especially after COVID sure. and trying to have more people experience the same stoke that you have, um, and that I have and that we all have for this community. I think that's what makes it the most special. Uh, definitely and uh, i think it's what's so cool actually about wing foiling or what one of the things i love the most about it is that people feel safe and 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 less intimidated to learn compared to card surfing sometimes as card surfing can be quite intimidating um especially for young uh young people or women um that you know feel that the card is can overpower them which it can depending on the places that you learn and and you know, the conditions that you learn in, but, you know, with, uh, with wing foiling now, you know, you, you let go everything, you let go your wing, you let go your board, it just falls onto the, into the water and you, you chilled, you can paddle, you can move away. You, you know, you're not going to get flung into a tree or smashed into the beach or, or something like that, you know? And, um, I think that's one of the things that I find so interesting about wing foiling because, you know, it just opens it up to so many more people, let alone three people that are just wanting to go with a wing and an SUP on a lake or on their skateboard or something like that, or on the snow, for example. Wing skating, super fun. Like if you're on a frozen lake or whatever and snow too, really, really fun to do. Really, eh? I, I've never tried it on the snow yet. I'm, I'm dying to get into the snow with a wing. Like I literally, uh, I, I think I've been watching on, on Instagram, there's those guys, I think called Sickos or something. I'm sure you've, you've seen them going off in the snow and like jumping with the wings. And, you know, I've been, yeah, since the beginning, I, I mean, I'm not a good snowboarder or anything like that. I've done it like twice in my life, but, you know, I, I love it and I love the feeling and I can just imagine with, with the wing, what can be possible. And I'm sure we're going to see some pretty crazy things one day. And I have one or two things in mind and I need to meet the right people that are like, at least be really good at the sport that'd be amped to give it a go but can just imagine going into like a massive half pipe on a snowboard or on skis you know and, and launching i don't know got some crazy things in mind that would love to see one day with the way <laughs> you got some yeah. ideas <laughs> definitely not for me because i'm yeah nowhere close to being good enough on a snowboard yet <laughs> hey, fair enough well if you ever want to come out to the west coast of canada just hit us up like we're super close to a lot of mountains so happy to show you around yeah oh, that'd, that'd be, be super <laughs> insane i'd yeah, love it. Nice. So 
not only um, are you still uh, obviously a pro kiteboarder, loving winging, but you have a lot of passion projects as well that I did a little bit of look up on you. And I was I was really impressed with how you, A, want to cultivate community, but then how you want to give back to that community and help. So um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that and maybe your, your the projects that you're working on right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, thanks for, I'm, I'm stoked that you, you see it and that people notice and you know, it's something that's very close to my heart is that's one of the, the most things I'm passionate about, you know, helping people, giving back and, and you know, and empowering people is one of the things that I think are, yeah, I think like, yeah, kind of, how do I say, most valuable to me, you know, that if that's something I can, I can give or I can share. I think that's what I cherish the most in life. And, uh, you know, seeing what sport can do for, for people, not only how it's impacted my life, it's changed my life into, in a way that I would never have expected when I was a, a kid. You know, obviously you can dream and you can you can, uh, you can imagine what you could be one day, but, you know, actually achieving it and actually, you know, living that dream of yours has like kind of flicked on a switch in my head, you know, that actually, you know, I want people to be able to, to feel the same way and know they can achieve it. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm very, yeah, very in, into helping different organizations, different um, schools. And, you know, just recently in the last year, we started our own nonprofit organization called Surf to Serve. The main mission with Surf to Serve is to collect used surf equipment, for example, wetsuits, surfboards, um, kites, wings, foils, whatever it is that we can take to places that are rural, like in Madagascar or Mauritius or South Africa, um, mostly working in African region for now. Um, hopefully one day the whole world, but you know, for now focusing on the places that we can have the most impact today. And, uh, one of them is obviously Mauritius as this is where I'm, I've been based and, you know, it's where it's very close to my heart. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, using, using surf to serve as like, um, as a hub where people can, whether they want to donate a wetsuit, a surfboard or whatever it is. We can bring it over here and give it to the kids that are in need or that haven't had the opportunity to get into the sport or get into into surfing, wing curling, or kiting, and hopefully inspire them to believe that they can be anything that they want to be, and you know, really give them the dream and the hope that you know, and show them that literally I've done it and they can do it too. You know, with a bit of hard hard work, a bit of passion, and dedication, you can achieve anything. And so that's kind of my mission at the moment and where I want to go with my whole kite surfing, wing foiling and, and career and water sports is to inspire the younger generation, the the generation that kind of needs it most. And uh, yeah, uh, on this, on alongside that, we, we obviously supporting local organizations here that um, there's another organization called Surf Surfers, which we give a lot of the equipment that we get, that obviously get donated to Surf to Serve as they look after a bunch of kids. And um, local kids from Tamarin Bay, which is the main surf community of Mauritius. And uh, once on the weekend, they meet with them every Saturday and they take them surfing and, and kind of educate them about not only about surfing, but about life in general. You know, like most of these kids are coming from really tough situations, whether it's uh, um, obviously living conditions or, you know, health conditions or whatever it is, you know, a lot of them are coming from very uh impacted backgrounds and so as much as it's hard enough to just work with them and to be able to get through to them and to inspire them 
it's been such an epic journey to be able to see the, the progress and see how a lot of them are like flourishing from it. You know, there's a few guys that I remember teaching how to surf with this organization maybe six, seven, eight years ago. And now literally they come in kite surfing with us on the weekend at our center and, you know, absolutely crushing it, doing kite loops and back rolls and wanting to get sponsored, going into wanting to compete. And, you know, it's so crazy to see how far kids can come with a little bit of, you know, energy and, and hard work and passion driven into them, you know? Oh yeah. Kids are, they're, they're at such a precious place in life that with the right guidance and the right help, they can achieve absolutely anything. And, and I think mentors and people who are surrounding them play such a big role in helping with that development. So it's really nice to see to see that. Um, and there's a lot of athletes and there's a lot of people who do. So it's really nice that that they take on that role. Yeah, I know, for sure. And I think like everyone that maybe does have it in them, you know, that really wants to give back and, you know, it, it can be just small little things, you know, and uh, it's crazy what it takes to inspire a young kid that feels like they have no opportunity in life, you know, and you, you reach out to them and you give them your hand and you push them into a wave and how that one little moment can inspire them for hopefully the rest of their lives um, is something quite special and that's a kind of a, yeah, feeling that I really uh, kind of aspire to, to keep keep on pushing and I have this like kind of quote that I, I live by and it's called the act of giving continues giving and I really believe that you know by giving whatever it is whether it's a donation whether it's support whether it's a helping hand whether whatever it is you know that that continues you know that person will pass it on to the next person and that person will pass it on to the next person it's a never-ending cycle of of giving and so that's what I live by and that's what I always make sure that I stay true to it, you know, and always come back to that. Yeah, that makes sense. How, who, who were your mentors in your life to help you think this way and to embrace life in this way? So it's actually a super interesting uh, question as I've had one mentor in in my life since kite surfing started and his name's Thomas Bobbies. He's one of the main photographers from CORE and one of the first original team riders from back in the day. And I uh, actually met him here in Mauritius, pretty much in my backyard. There's a local beach where it sometimes works with a certain wind direction. And uh, when I was 14, yeah, almost 15, um, I met him basically at this beach. And he saw me a couple of times carding and stuff and saw the kind of person I am. And, you know, he really thought I'd fit into the team. I don't think he thought I'd fit in as well as I have now. <laughs> but um you know, he, he, I never forget, he gave me this card and he said, if you ever want his, his email that he wrote to him and he said, if ever you want to go further in your, in your kite surfing, you must just send us a message and, and get in touch. And straight away I went home and I sent an email with my dad to, to Thomas. And, uh, you know, f- since then on, um, literally he's been the main mentor in my life. He's a very interesting person to, to talk to, to, to listen to. And, you know, it's been so epic to, be mentored through the last 10 years with him and, you know, actually become extremely close friends, um, you know, over the last couple of years, you know. So he's been, yeah, obviously that main kind of mentor in me and played many different roles throughout my life through every single up and down and sideways left and right. So, yeah, it's been a, a pretty cool journey and I think it's super, super helpful and beneficial and, and yeah, amazing to have such a kind of mentor, you know, because 
you know, I think that's what, especially people um, that are, you know, coming from, let's say, these um, difficult backgrounds as I've been talking to, all they need is, you know, someone that stands by them and keeps on pushing them. And, you know, that's how he's been for me. And now I want to be that to um, this uh, generation of kids that I can hopefully inspire. So, yeah, I think uh, having a mentor is something I, yeah, I'm truly grateful for, for sure. Awesome. Have you seen a big change in the kids um, generation-wise on Mauritius? It's a sm- It's a smaller spot. Have you seen people more staying indoors rather than enjoying? Has there been that kind of a shift there? Yeah, I mean, I chatted a lot about it to one of my good friends, uh, Luca Pito. He's also from Mauritius, and he's also a professional kitesurfer and wing foiler. And um, him and I always chat because back when we were younger, um, we were the same age, and when we were younger, him and I and maybe one or two other guys were really like pushing it and trying to, you know, go out of Mauritius and travel and to really try and get international exposure coming from like a very small island, you know. And uh, we often talk about it these days that there aren't too many kids, you know, that are around that are kind of taking our positions. And I'd love to see that more, you know. I'd love to see kids that are like fighting for my place or my sponsor, you know, saying, hey, I'm going to be the next, not next Willow, but I'm going to be the new generation coming from Mauritius. And it's kind of sad to see um, that there aren't those kids or not many of them. Now we're starting to see more, a, a couple more, which is really cool seeing some younger kids getting into it but it's, it's quite surprising that there's not more mm. but yeah i'm really working hard to inspire like uh, younger kids to get into the kite thing i'm like guys you live in one of the best destinations on the planet yes. with the best waves you can become literally the best kite forever yes and uh somehow then they're not interested but there are more and more kids getting into it and uh it's it is difficult because kite surfing is obviously and, and wing clothing itself is also quite an expensive sport and I know how hard it was when I was a kid getting into it and you know with prices and everything going up it can be difficult you know and so I meet so many kids and I'm not even joking like um, sometimes I give kids hitchhiking with a surfboard under their arm going down to the lawn and I tell them this is exactly how I started and I said if you go every single day and I see you kite surfing and I pick you up a couple times I said I will I will get I'll sponsor you you know I'll get you sponsored and, you know, because I want to see other kids, you know, I know how hard it is going to the beach every single day, hitchhiking, waiting for a lift, if it's raining, if it's sunny, if it, no matter what the conditions are like. And if I see you going down, I'll sponsor you and make sure that, you know, I, I can mentor you and, and, you know, bring you into a direction, hopefully, that you can um, succeed in, in whatever your dreams are, you know, but... Yeah, I'm still waiting for that kid. I've, I've told that to a couple. None of them have contacted me yet to see them again, but they will be for sure, and I'm waiting for it. Oh, I think it's definitely going to happen, and, and maybe, uh, yeah, it might take a little bit of time to find the right one, but it'll definitely happen. Um, hey, let's talk about your school. When did um, when did you launch that? Yeah, so, I mean, we started pretty much a year ago now. Um, I've started a, a school in Mauritius together with my two brothers, um, so this year was actually our first proper season. Um, the school is called Willow Surf Center. It's uh, obviously, um, you know, by me, but, you know, for everyone that's, you know, into water sports, wants to get into water sports, um, for me, it's a creating a, a surf center which people can, um, you know, come to and experience the sports in, you know, a unique way. You know, like I've, 
in kite surfing and wing poiling and surfing my whole life, you know, and I've learned so many little things along the way that I really want to implement that into the way we, we teach, the way people can learn and the experience that they have in the sport when they're learning it, you know, because kite surfing can be a very extreme sport. It can be dangerous and, and it does um, intimidate people in the beginning, but there's a few, a few ways to do things that can be, you know, much less intimidating, much less scary, you know, and it's the same with wing foiling, you know, with wing foiling opening up at the moment, um, it opens up so many possibilities for people that never would have thought they would ever give, let's say, a wind water sport a try, you know, um, kite surfing for a lot of people, especially women can, you know, the first times be quite scary as, you know, if you're light, if you're a very light person, um, you know, you can be scared that the wind's going to take you and everyone thinks that you're going to fly over a tree. It never really oh, yeah. happens, but you know, with wing foiling, you can just let go of your equipment, sit in the water. The worst thing that can possibly happen is that you get pushed back to the beach because it's onshore, you know. So it's been great to to work with my two brothers, and we've had obviously uh, a couple people working with us this season. It's just so cool to see the the positive feedback from people coming to learn with us, coming to in- experience this with us, coming to. Um, kite with us or wing with us it's just so cool to be able to now host a place where I can offer something um, for people to learn what I'm so passionate about you know and that's for me um, I think was the the main thing why I've been wanting to to start a school um, it never really was like my long-term vision I never thought you know one day I'm going to open the school I actually quite thought the opposite I never thought I never wanted to be that kite surfer that or that wing foiler that eventually you know gets old, I mean, I'm still only 24, but gets old and, and starts a school and kind of retires in their school, you know, and, and kind of works in that, you know, for me, it's about like pushing it and, you know, creating new ways to maybe find to teach or to experience the sport and offer um, people to enjoy the sport and, you know, bringing in like the, the, the youngness that I have and the, the, the excitement and drive that I have into this, I think is my mission and, um, together with obviously my two brothers, it's just been so epic to do exactly that. Yeah, that is pretty sweet to be able to do that with family. Uh, whereabouts is your school um, on Mauritius? So we're located on the southwest coast, so at Le Mans itself, the place that I've obviously grown up kite surfing and wing foiling over the last decade. Um, for me, there's no better place on the island. You know, it's it's paradise, as I've spoken about this before. You know, it, it's, it offers so much, you know, especially now with the school. Um, it just... you. You know, you have so much to offer. You have obviously the Le Mans Kite Lagoon is where we're situated, which is just around the corner um, from the main beach where you have One Eye, Manawa, and all the famous waves. So it's a five-minute drive or a 10-minute upwind tack, and you're at an onshore spot where it's super safe, quite shallow, but still deep enough for wing foiling, especially if you're just having le- um, beginner lessons on a short mast. Um, and then, you know, once they start to progress, they can use the whole lagoon, which is it's it's you know kilometers wide that there's plenty of space for even a couple hundred kite surfers and wing foilers to all enjoy themselves you know and then once you start to get a little bit better you wing or kite over to the side and you in Manawa, small reef one eye and all the famous waves um that Le Mans has to offer you know so it couldn't be better situated and on the island you know and my dream is obviously to open up other centers around the island um, for example, on the north coast, the east coast, the south coast, um, because there's many amazing spots that Mauritius has to offer. And it's not only in the morn, but obviously for the first one, 
Le Mans is my home. It's my home spot. I know it like the back of my hand. I know every single little rock that's on that wave, that's in the water, that's in the lagoon. You know, so for me, it couldn't be a better place to to start this whole thing. Yeah, I just love your stoke around it. Um, I, I think that's the transference of joy. Like there's a lot of spiritual practices and, and the transference of joy of learning something, mastering it, and then having the opportunity and, and making the choice to, to help give that to other people so that they themselves can carry that forward in their own lives. It's such a big thing. Um, and I don't think it should be understated of how much stoke there is behind that and the fact that you can bring some family love into that too. So just wanted to give you a bit of kudos for that. You are still young <laughs> and you're not <laughs> retired at the beach yet, but I think it's pretty cool that you're choosing to do that, even for this, for, for right now. Yeah, for sure. You know, it, it gives me drive and it gives me another purpose, you know, and for me, um, my life is around and revolves around water, around water sports. And, you know, for me, anything that's a part of it, it's just, just excites me, you know, and, you know, obviously business is a completely different thing to being a professional kite surfer, but there's so many, oh, kite surfer and wing foiling and all of the water sports combined, but there's so many things that you learn from being, let's say, a professional waterman, um, that can also translate into a business side of things that it's so interesting for me to see the similarities in a lot of stuff, you know, and, you know, I, I used to like underestimate, you know, what kite surfing and what I do um, is all about, you know, I kind of, you know, take it for granted that, you know, it, it, I just, I just travel around the world and, um, you know, obviously I'm super grateful for the life to be living, but there's so many little things that I start to slowly realize, you know, just what kite surfing um and also wing foiling and surfing and everything, you know, when I say kite surfing, I'm meaning everything in it. You, you know, that there, there's so many things that I learned from those sports that, you know, like it just, it's, it's the center of everything, you know, it's the center. That's why I call it Willow Surf Centers because surfing creates a center that people can come um, to experience life, that they can experience joy, happiness, struggles, everything together, you know. And for me, it's just so amazing to see that, this brings it all together, you know, kite surfing, business, you know, there's so many things that are similar. You struggle in both, you work hard in both. And, you know, now combining the two, I'm just like, actually, it's the same thing, just in a different field. You know, you still have to go on the water every single day. If you want to land that triple front roll, you still need to go every single day to make sure your business is running and continuing. So it's been very interesting to like put those two together, especially because it's a surf center, a kite surf center, wing foil center. And now put those two together and, you know, just my mind is just like constantly spinning at a hundred kilometers an hour, just, you know, learning and understanding things. And oh, it's just it's so exciting. I'm not sure if it makes sense, but, you know, like you it said, does. there's so much more to yep. kite surfing, wing foiling and surfing than just getting out on the water. You know, there's so many little things around it that, like you said, the spiritual connection that you have with it, the motivation that you get from it, the drive that you get, the su struggle, the suffering, all of that is just all a part of it. And I guess that's what gets everyone hooked in their own ways, you know? Yeah, I think that's for, for me, for the biggest thing that it enabled me is I didn't think I could succeed in other areas of my life. And then through the trials and tribulations of windsurfing and winging and all the wipeouts and, and all that, and like it's like, hey, and then all the joy, it would recenter me. It would give me my new center. And then from there, I could then go and slowly take that and dump it into the business area or dump it into another area that I was struggling with. 
You're going to say, well, if I can do it here and if I can overcome my fears and connect and see all the joy behind some of those fears and all the work dedication, well, it's the same thing in another area, which is kind of exactly what you were saying. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's def- it definitely is. It's, it's really amazing. And, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, I could talk about this for ages, but it's exactly how you just, just said and yeah it just gives i get so stoked and excited when i start talking about this kind of stuff because it really like fires me up i I think that's sweet that it does because uh, we had talked a little bit about the kids in mauritius before and the fact that you had seen a bit of a change in them and that you were hoping that more and more and more of them would find something that would drive deliver passion so as spokespeople for passion i think you're doing a pretty sweet job (laughs) thanks bro yeah it's it's definitely, I think, one of my main main motivations. You know, I, you know, there's a couple key pillar things in life that really motivate me, and one of the main things is, you know, trying to um, kind of give back where where things are needed. You know, and I have learned so much over the last few years um, through the water sports world, and you know, I can I have so much knowledge to offer and to give to the younger people that are actually not so much younger than me, but still have so much to learn. Um, I mean, I'm learning every single day myself, but already in the position that I am now, I'm trying to, as much as I can, um, give in any kind of situation where maybe it helps someone, whether it's, you know, through knowledge or through a surfboard or through a kite surf lesson or whatever it is, you know, and I've mentioned this before, but, you know, I say that the act of giving continues giving and by passing on that knowledge or that surfboard or whatever it is, you know, in my, my idea, hopefully one day, you know, that will be continued to be passed down, just like many people. And especially, as I mentioned before about my mentors, you know, really guiding me and giving me support and advices and, and, you know, pushing me through the last couple of years, you know, you know, I want to continue that with, you know, the next, the next generation of, of people coming up. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot to do and a lot to, to you know, give back. And uh, yeah, that's definitely one of my key pillars of motivation for sure. Oh, nice. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that with us. Um, to stem back to your school, what kind of did you find teaching came naturally to you as an athlete? Um, and what roles do you play versus what your brothers do? Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of the teaching side of things, um, you know, I'm, I'm a very patient person, you know, so I really enjoy teaching. I love um like seeing people progress and you know that's it it brings it gives it excites me you know when i see the progression because you know i've been in situations where i've tried for example like we spoke about the triple front roll you know it took me years to be able to do it but the day you the the day you actually do it feels like the best moment in your life you know and so many times if i'm teaching someone um you know i see that time they the first time you they ride upwind for example either kite surfing or wing foiling and then it goes straight back into that moment. So I think about it every single time of the first time I went upwind kite surfing 10 years ago. Or so, you know, and I can just see the face, the excitement, the, the stoke on the people's faces. And, you know, that for me, just like, is, it's, yeah, it's just such an unreal feeling. So I really think like teaching, what, when you teach, you learn a lot about yourself, about how to teach and so much more. But also you, the reward that you get from teaching and seeing someone else progress is is just amazing, you know. Um, so yeah, it's 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 great. Um, at the moment, I'm more focused on the the business side of things, understanding how to run 
um, the business, keep things going. You know, there's so much to it, you know, which kind of is really behind the scenes. And I'm sure, you know, you know, like obviously I jumped on the podcast with you and, you know, it's just a, it's a, for me, it's a calendar a schedule in my calendar that I jump on. But for you, you know, there's countless hours sorting out the, um, the, 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 the call that this call that we just had, you know, clipping it, making sure that it's right, you know, editing it, posting it, marketing it, you know, there's so much behind it, which people don't see, you know, and it's the same in any, any business. So for me at the moment, um, yeah, it's more behind the scene, behind the scenes stuff at the, the center. And obviously I'm at the beach as much as possible on the water and off the water at the center. Um, and my two brothers are, you know, pretty much running it. They, they're managing it. Um, they they're both younger than me but they're both uh you know super motivated and it's so cool to like you said have this like almost family business kind of thing and you know it's uh it's really cool to see them individually excel in different things you know and uh it's just for me it's amazing to to have them a part of it because there's no one that i would trust more than you know my two brothers to to be a part of it with me you know so i'm very excited to grow together with them to to grow this the center not only f- for, you know, like for Lamorne and, and Mauritius, you know, it's it's not about me, even though it might be called Willow Surf Center. It took me a very long time to be comfortable calling it, you know, basically after my name. Um, but, you know, it's about creating an experience that people can come and enjoy kite surfing, wing foiling, surfing in a different way to how it's done before. At least that's what we strive to do. So... Yeah, it's a very exciting times and um, very, uh, very stoked to see where it goes. Oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah. And because um, I talked to Tom Hartman, he lives on Mauritius too. It's definitely on my yeah. list now. I saw some of that oh, and bro. I would love to come out. Anytime, man. If you if you want to get get over there and anyone else that's wanting to get over to Mauritius, you know, just, just come you know, it's like such an amazing place. There is so much to do. And obviously, apart from the, the amazing water sports that you can do, swimming at whales, swimming at dolphins, everything that uh, that evolves around the water is just amazing. But apart from that, there is so many different things to do. You know, you, can, you have amazing waterfalls, huge waterfalls, hikes, mountains, um, uh, mountain biking, you know, it, the list goes on, you know, and it's just, such an unreal place to to be in to to obviously live it's just yeah it's kind of yeah most people could only dream of it so i'm very grateful to be based in such an amazing place and like i said bro if you ever want to come over you know everything's there everything's uh you don't need to need, need to bring equipment we have plenty enough for for that hey that's good for everybody to know because everybody now around the world are looking for different cool new spots to go to so it's awesome to make this connection for them and uh, for myself as well to chat a bit more about yeah. Um, are you interested in talking a little bit about the new line from Core? Because I was at AWSI and I tried out the new wing and I loved it. It was really cool. It pumped well. The skinny boom that I had was really good. And um, Michael Feneff there, he's going to be coming on the show as well to talk about gear in detail as well. But let's start from your perspective because I know you've been heavily involved with it. Yeah, so it's definitely an amazing new line and Michael will definitely elaborate more on all the, the detail side of things. I'll just share my point of view and not get too deep into the details. Um, but, you know, for, for a long time, we've obviously, well, for a long time, we've been working on the wing foil division. And last year, we 
um, released our first products, which was the XC, the Roma, the Spectrum. That was the first range. And that was a very all-round, user-friendly, from beginner to pro, let's say. Um, it covered everything. And this year, we wanted to, as the sport is growing so rapidly and so quickly, we wanted to bring out something that is more high-end, that is for the, the, the riders and people that really want to push themselves, push their limits. And so that's why we brought out the, the Halo the Halo Pro, which is the the Lula Wing, which is the one you tried out recently, um, the Roma S, which is the carbon fiber um, wing foil board, and then also the Vert foil range, which is obviously our carbon mast, very small, high aspect uh, foils, and uh, in in all that kind of setup is more progressive line, um, that, hence why it's called the Halo Pro. It's an Alula wing that is um, extremely light, very rigid. It's such an amazing wing for for freestyle, but even for waves, you know, I'm, I'm not too much into the, the the freestyle side of things. But the wave riding, obviously, as I had the best waves in in Mauritius, it is so nice to have such a light wing, you know. And I've been testing Alula for the last two years now, almost, and um, you know, it's it's just crazy to have something that's so light. Um, so easy to to handle, just float behind you when you're carving down these waves. You almost forget it's there. And then obviously for the freestyle side of things, you know, like it just holds its shape so well. So whether you're jumping, like I love jumping off waves and, and kickers in Cape Town because you'll have 45 knots. And, you know, with the Salula wing, it just holds its structure so well and its shape so well because it's so rigid that when you boost off a wave and, you know, let's say when you start coming down, it's not really starting to collapse. It just holds its shape, holds its mm. um, structure. Yeah, good point. It's, it's just, uh, yeah, it's something that, you know, you really have to feel when you're riding to understand kind of what I'm talking about because, you know, it's one thing looking at a wing and seeing, oh, yeah, the, the shape's good and, you know, how it, how it looks, it looks good. But the one thing when you get onto the water and actually feel how it rides is a totally different experience. So, yeah, I absolutely love it. I love the the new mini boom. Um, in the beginning, I really was not for it. I was almost against it because <laughs> um, I was like, it's too much windsurfer style. And I, I, I've obviously tried windsurfing and I have nothing against windsurfing. But I was like, there's no need. You know, I thought it would be extra weight. You know, it's longer, thicker. But, you know, now we've figured out that it's actually lesser weight than the two handles because you have two um, you have less two um, insert points where the, the, the handles connect. So you only have two spots mm, instead of four spots point. where the handle connects to the wing. So it's actually reduced the weight. And obviously with the Lula, it's even lighter than it would be. So yeah, it's becoming su such an amazing wing. It's my go-to wing and the only wing I really use now um, because it's just, yeah, obviously the more higher performing performing wing. And then I'm, I'm using the, the Roma S, the, the new board that's just come out. And yeah, there's two different sizes at the moment, 38 liter and 45, if I'm not mistaken. Um, those are like our carbon pro level boards, obviously, because they're quite small. We will sometime next year be having two bigger sizes um, in a slightly more, um, not downwind shape, but a little bit longer kind of skinnier boards. So around 63 to 75 liters, if I'm not mistaken, that will come out sometime next spring. Um, but you know, the, the board is obviously for me, it's one of the main crucial things because going from a 55 liter Roma, which is a great board. And I, I used it a lot now to a nice 38 liter, which is, you know, small, compact and exactly what someone like I, um, I would need or use. 
it's just amazing you know it's it's compact it's small it's it's agile and you know when you when you're surfing waves you know i just yeah i need a small board like that you know so i'm very stoked to have those small boards and you know i think people underestimate how small of a board they can go um, I've seen really mm. good wing foilers still using 70 or 90 liter boards when, you know, if they would try, let's say the core 55 Roma, you know, it's so quickly, it, you can progress so quickly to be able to get onto a 55 liter Roma just because how stable it is. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. But I mean, obviously, again, it depends on the conditions and it depends on the, the spots that you're going out. You know, in Mauritius, we're lucky to have very stable winds around 15 to 25 knots, um, depending okay. on the day. So, you know, it's, it's pretty predominantly, it's pretty good conditions, you know. So you, I can go out on a, on a 45 or 38 liter board and feel confident, you know, that getting in and out is not going to be an issue, you know, because the winds blow from morning till night almost. Um, and then my favorite thing is obviously the, the smaller foils as this is something I've been working on for a long time. I've had multiple prototypes and, um, we have a new kind of high, well, we have a high aspect 1250, which is, um, kind of a, a, a nice wing for downwinders for, um, well, either stand up down, paddle downwinders or wing foil downwinders. And, uh, that foil is just so efficient. It's got crazy good glide. And then we have the 850 and the seven. 700 uh obviously the 700 is the the foil i use the most as you know in mauritius we have quite big waves often and that's the kind of adrenaline rush i'm chasing and so obviously the smaller the foil the better um i've gone through all the sizes we did have some smaller sizes around the 500 mark um but obviously you know there's so few people that actually would actually need a 500 that right now we've stuck to the keeping the smallest one a 700 which, to be honest, for most conditions I ride in, big or small, it covers everything. You know, for me, I love having a foil that doesn't feel like it has a speed limit. I love going as fast as I possibly can. You know, so if I'm dropping into a big wave, medium-sized wave, small wave, I want to have as much speed as possible so I can bank the hardest turns and really feel the G's, the G-force when banking those turns. You know. So I really try and ride the smallest foil I could possibly find, even if it means I have to use the wing and pump a little bit more. Um, okay. I'd rather have a small foil and a big wing than having a big wing and then, and a big. Uh, I'd rather have a small foil and a big wing than having a small wing and a big foil. Um, for me, it's it's so important just to have that kind of an uncapped speed limit or no speed limit on my foil and. So yeah, the the new range is oh, I'm in love with it. I've been using it over the last few months, or over the last year, let's say. But since it's been released, the official um, product since the last couple months, and oh, I'm actually just enjoying it so much, you know. And now, not having to hide all these products that I've been using for so long, you know, because everyone's <laughs> like, it looks like you're not wing foil anymore. You're not posting on social media, this and that. I'm like, well, I'm riding gear that can't be seen. So obviously, yeah, I'm not sharing anything. But as soon as it's out, you know, that I'm, you know, full on and like, yeah, sharing all the, the latest equipment. Nice. And, and I think last time we were talking, um, we were trying to rebook this this part of the, the show. But some big swell came through Mauritius. Um, so obviously, you're you're getting to ride all this stuff in that how does it feel just to go back to a little bit about you how does it feel to do a banking turn on on a wave that big and um how long did it take you to to not pearl or kind of smack over kind of thing obviously the new gear i'm relating it to gear because the new gear is so much better and it 
do you, are you finding that it's becoming more and more and more in tune with with the riding meaning that you don't have to worry about think about it as much it's kind of more intuitive like a race car is versus like the old civics that we kind of started with yeah 100 percent. so you know not talking about this let's say this exact big swell because unfortunately it was so big it was some it was one of the biggest swells that we've had in the last decade um Whoa. every single boat was out of the water there was no chance for any rescue so for me it's just not worth the risk heading out obviously i did surf at, at certain spots and and we i charged pretty pretty solid waves but unfortunately i couldn't wing foil it as that would have been obviously my go-to thing to do but Mauritius has banned jet skis and as soon as the waves get really big it's just too dangerous with a boat um but in the okay. in the past you know with with um let's say when we did the photo shoot for all this equipment that's just got released um which which was in may we had really big days which you probably have seen maybe in the campaign um and you know it's exactly like you said you know it's the gear is becoming more in tune with the riding of the of the rider and you know for me i have like 100 percent confidence in the equipment that i use um that's one thing that i, I love um about riding with core is that I know that everything we produce and everything that comes out is is just top-notch German quality. You know, I know it's not going to fail under me. I know it's not going to break. You know, I can go 50, 60, 70 kilometers down a wave that's, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight meters behind me. And I know that in that moment, there's no single thought in my, in my mind that, I don't know, my wing is going to snap off or my board is going to break off or the mass base is going to pull out. You know, there's not a single thought in my mind. And you know, I think that's super important when, you, when you're riding on the water, especially when you're venturing out into something you're a little bit more uncomfortable in because, again, obviously going out in, in huge waves, it's not that it's, uh, it's not that you lose, the, it's not like I have no fear, you know, you still have that fear inside you, but it's just how you deal with it. Um, and so by have, eliminating, you know, the, the thought of, is my gear going to break? Am I, am I going to be uh, worried that, you know, when I crash that, I don't know, my, my foil is going to disappear or going to get ripped off my board? And have, eliminating all of those things make you, makes you 100% focus on the moment when you're dropping down that wave. And so, yeah, I think it is definitely getting more in tune with the, the rider and it's the, 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 the fine line is getting smaller and smaller that, you know, right now it's becoming, I think, the, the rider's... Um, let's say tasks to improve themselves because the gear and the equipment has reached a level where the ride and the, and the, the equipment is on par almost, you know? So yeah, it's definitely very interesting times. So given the fact that you're charging like that, obviously you're working on all this different training. Can we talk a little bit about your training and, and maybe jump into food and even breath holds? Cause I just talked to Steve, a buddy of mine from Maui, and we're going to have him on to go over the basics of breath holds because I think it's important oh, for awesome. all of us to at least have some idea. Um, you can get held down or you can get under your gear. And if you can't hold your breath for more than 15 seconds, you might get into trouble. But Yeah, so I mean, for me, it's it's a lot in your head. You know, that's something I've had to work on a lot, you know, is just to remain calm. And obviously, since I've been doing this for so many years, um, I've started to realize more and more that it's all in my head, you know, because my body is strong. I know I'm fit enough. You know, I, I know I, I eat well. I've been eating vegetarian most of my life and being vegan the last couple of years. And I feel that that works for my body the best. Um, you know, I know all of those things, you know, in terms of like my health and my body is, is at its, you know, as best as I think I can be. 
I mean, obviously there's always places to improve, but, you know, I feel definitely fit in myself. Um, but it all comes down to, you know, mentally where you're at, you know, and there's many times, been many days that I didn't go out because, you know, uh, my mind wasn't in the right place, you know. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm not riding 30, 25 meter jaws or something like that. But, you know, I'm riding pretty solid waves, pretty big waves compared to, you know, the average person, you know. And so obviously there is certain training you have to do. And, you know, recently I've got big into my free diving. Um, it took me a long time to be able to learn how to equalize because I have um, kind of some issues with uh, my canals and my nose. So I, had, I really struggled to equalize most of my life. But in the last year or maybe two years, I've gotten ready into the free diving. And, you know, that's. 100% a mind game you know you, you're diving under the ocean 20 25 meters you got basically a, a swimming pool on top of your head you know and the pressure down there and knowing to keep calm to keep you keep yourself in the right place your head in the right place and not to panic you know if the current gets strong down there or if it gets dark or you know all of that is it's so important you know so I think for me, it's it's a lot learning about yourself, learning about what you can handle, what you feel comfortable in. Um, I'm a very risk-averse person, so, you know, I really check every single little thing when it comes to, I don't know, going out on a big day. I make sure, is the boat is the boat ready? Did I sleep right? Um, do I have the right people um, with me going out? You know, do I have someone that's there that's purely for rescue, you know, like, at this previous um, shooting, you know, we brought Joshua Emanuel from South Africa just to be rescued for us, you know, because we don't mm -hmm. have jet skis. A wing foiler can't just go into the impact zone and tow you out. So we had Josh on a kite and, you know, out of anyone, I chose him because I knew if whatever happens, he he's, he's mentally there and strong enough that he would grab me if I'm unconscious or conscious and drag me out of the impact zone, you know. So there's all of these little things that you have to kind of assess that, you know, it's, it, it doesn't really just come down to, you know, what your body looks like or or mm. what you're eating. It's There's so many things to it. And so for me, I think that the main thing is, yeah, all kind of understanding what's going on in your head. Okay, fair enough. Are there any exercises or things that you do on a consistent basis or is it just based on your career in this and, and you've found things that work well? Well, I mean, so obviously I, I run and I cycle loads. I was very much into triathlon the last few years. So that's for me, uh, one, a strong mental game because, you know, if, if you're running, I don't know, it's long distances or if you're running, trying to run every day, that's a mind battle in itself, you know, every single yep. day, you know, or every single run, you're constantly feeling like, ah, oh, is there a niggle in my knee or oh, man, I'm having cramps or, ah, oh, you know, maybe today is not the right day. You know, all of that starts to go play in your head and it's about like, pushing it and seeing how far you can push those thoughts away you know and uh yeah so for me it, it's it's a it's a lot about you know the mental side of things so that's why i love cycling and i love running because okay. that literally ticks off both of those those things you know it's all mental um i'm very exactly it's all mental you know i've, I've run quite a few marathons which you spoke about and you know i think you know running is a is such a good way to to practice just that and, and fighting the mental game and you know, I always call it, uh, David Goggins, you know, calls it training for life, you know. So, you know, it's it's literally training to, to face any obstacle that comes your way. And that's why I run. That's why I surf. That's why I kite. That's why I cycle, you know, because you're training for anything that might come your way, you know, whether it's a big wave, a big set that's closing out on your head, or if it's a, 
something that happens in your life and you're throwing completely into the deep end, you know, where, you know, so it's, it's, for me, it's all just about training for life and anything, any obstacle that comes your way, you're going to find a way to tackle it. Yeah. That's a, that's a nice way to, to bring it all together. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, obviously, you know, breath hold is an important factor if you're going into the waves. So if you're in a location where you are able to free dive, never do it alone. Always do it with a partner or a dive buddy or someone. But pre-diving is such an amazing way to improve your breath hold, but also improve your comfortability in the water. You know, I've mm. pushed through so many fears I've had of mine, you know, obviously, you know, being in the water every day. Yeah, I have a big fear of, of drowning. And I know there's many people that have a, that fear, you know, especially going into bigger waves or even small waves. It can happen. It can happen literally in knee deep. What if, if you really, um, if something really happened, but, you know, really learning to focus, hold your breath relax be calm and really um learn to pre-dive even if you're going one two five ten meters underwater there's so much that goes through your head and you really just have to zen it out calm it down and and dive and for me that's one of the the best practices you know and and obviously at the same time it improves your breath hold you know which is which is great you know so yeah i think um my longest breath hold static, which is basically just lying flat in a swimming pool, is around three minutes thirty or so. Um, so it's it's quite long, but definitely can be way longer, you know. But even getting mm. to that point, it's literally I know I can hold my breath longer, but it's just the fight that's going on in your head, you know. It's it's unreal. It's so funny because in the same day, I did a breath hold um, kind of training, and in the the morning, like a couple. Uh, static holds before I was doing one minute 40 and I thought that was my max you know and by just practicing and improving and doing different breath work and obviously calming down your your heart rates and your mental state you could double it easily you know it's it's just it's, huh. it's crazy it's honestly crazy it's so funny how your your mind plays tricks on you it's insane oh yeah even like a 10 second breath hold if you're not used to it you're freaking out and you're thinking you're gonna pass out and yeah no, exactly. And I mean, I have way more than it's, it's funny to think about because just the other day there was another big swell on, um, last Wednesday and I went surfing, um, and it was 12 to 15 foot. It was really big waves. I had my gun out and, you know, normally if I go out for a surf, sometimes I have the feeling if it's even five to six foot that I get smashed. And even though I know it's not going to hold me, let's say more than 10 seconds. You know, you're like, oh, is it going to hold me? Is something going to happen? You know, am I going to like freak out now because this wave's landed on my head and I'm a bit in the wrong position or something? But then you go out and double the size or triple the size, cat surfing or surfing, but you're mentally prepared for it because you're going into the day knowing that you're going to get held down for long. You're knowing you're going to go out in big waves. I'm in a completely different state. I get smashed and I'm just calm. I'm relaxed. I'm getting held down for as long as I've ever been held down. And I come up and I'm like, oh, wow, that's, that's it, you know? But it's because I hmm. went prepared into that situation than not prepared. So it's about training for those those situations where you feel prepared. And I myself have so many sessions where I don't go in feeling, you know, you go out, ah, oh, it's a small day today, nothing's going to happen. And those are the days when things actually happen and I've had my scariest moments, you know? But going into something when you feel prepared is helps, yeah, hugely. So... Yeah, it's it's a it's a very interesting thing. It's all I think in your in your mind, and um, yeah, it's for me just about learning how to to handle that, how to look at it, and yeah, it's uh, definitely a crazy 
crazy thing. So, so yeah. 100% is. Uh, and it's just nice to hear that from somebody that charges like you do. Um, <laughs> because I think a lot of people use it. I think that's just human nature, right? To use it as an excuse as to what is to cap your human potential and, and to see that we've talked about your 10,000 hours. We see all the love and passion and dedication you put into it how your life revolves around this. And this has enabled you to then push that mental state even further to then give back, but then also find out that you can, you can achieve things a lot more than you think you can. So it's just, thanks for sharing all that with us because even for myself, who's looking at making sure that I can improve my breath hold and get myself in better swimming shape to be able to charge a little bit more. It's nice to, to see that we all have to push those barriers and behind those barriers could be something pretty awesome. It doesn't have to be fear or, or death or anything insane. Yeah, 100%. Like, without a doubt, anyone is capable of doing so much more than we think we we can. And, um, you know, I really I love um, David Goggins' method on a lot of things in life. And one of his um, main quotes is, when you think you're at your 100%, there's still 40% more that you actually can give. And he's like, when you think you're at your 100%, you're probably only at 60% of what you actually possibly can give, you know? And that's been in my head so much. And every single marathon I've done, you know, I get to, I don't know, 20 or 30 Ks and I think I'm finished. I have no more left in me. And still somehow you manage to get the end because every single step you take, you know, okay, it's only a couple steps more and it's getting shorter and shorter every time. And, you know, especially if you do see your goal and you know what your goal is, it gets even easier when you start to like put the next foot forward and put the next foot in front and you know everything gets closer so the closer you get actually the easier it gets to your goal but you know without having that goal in mind or without having that certain distance that you're going to run in mind you kind of run last not knowing how far you can go so i think it's definitely important to to set your goal to set you know your breath hold what you want to get it at in a month from now and then you know what you have to do you know you have to practice you know and so that's for me been one of the the main things why i've loved running is because running has really allowed me to to challenge myself to push myself beyond that you know and never i hated running i never thought i would ever run a marathon in my entire life and uh, i've literally fallen in love with it just because of that exact reason is that it pushes my body my my mental um, state so much and it challenges me every single run I go on um, that I, literally that's the main reason why I run these days okay fair enough and then you can take that and apply it to to any kind everything. of everything <laughs> yeah everything cool yeah. hey is there anything else you'd like to talk about Willow no I mean I just want to say thank you for all that you do for the the wing foiling world and it's so cool to see your podcast growing and you know it's amazing to to be a part of it and I'm so stoked to to see where it goes so I just want to tell you to, to keep it up Appreciate and so it. if everyone can give you a round of applause. I know you won't hear it, but at least people will be, be doing it from wherever they are. And yeah, just keep pushing at it. Just keep doing it. And, you know, it's uh, it's so valuable for every single wing foiler, every single person out there that listens to it. So yeah, don't ask, underestimate the value that you're putting into the world by, by doing what you do. Hey, appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Yeah, we're a small team and uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty much volunteer at this point. So it's nice to to see people reach out and say, hey, thanks, I learned something, or just for them to enjoy like talking with you or talking with the other people that I have on. They, they send some questions sometimes, so I appreciate it. Hey, thanks a for lot. For sure, bro. Definitely. 100%.
All right, everybody. Well, hey, thanks for joining us. And uh, I'm sure we'll have him back on in the future. So thanks a lot for joining us tonight. Thanks a lot, guys.